Welcome to Thinking Reimagined. Thinking Reimagined is a unique platform for thoughts provoking intergenerational dialogue in a diverse and inclusive setting with a focus on impactful change in the global workplace and community. Our stakeholders' conversations aim to spark thought, leadership, curiosity, engagement, collaboration, and learning amongst individuals, teams, and beyond. Enjoy, Enjoy this episode. episode and subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other outlets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thinking Reimagined podcast. I am Nifemi Ogutoye. I have um, Stanley Evans joining us on this one. Mr. Evans is a member of the Order of the British Empire. I believe we met once during um, Thinking Remargin event at Bature. He's a business leader and environmentalist. He's also the deputy chair of the British Business Group Nigeria. He's been a chair for some six years now. At age 15, Mr. Evans joined the scientific equipment designers DigiTimer. You've Googled me. Where he worked his way through the industry in due course and also started his own business. It's good to have you join us on this one. Stanley. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Welcome on board. I'm also joined by Benny Finisher. Benny Finisher is a Nigerian performing and creative artist with expressions and acting. He's a poet, he serves as creative director and consultant with Magni Sida Production House. And there's a long list here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Mr. Finisher. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. All right, let's begin this conversation. We're talking about masculinity and societal expectation. We've titled this one, Boys to Men. It's, um, it's quite interesting, the kind of conversations that we hear these days about, for instance, the girl child. You know, they say in the past 50 years, the conversation regarding getting a better quality of life for the girl child has become so pronounced that like before women can aspire, not only to outdo themselves, but also to even do better than the other gender. However, some would say there's been a neglect for the boy child and its impact also on the quality of men that we see these days. But I'd like us to begin by talking about what you consider to be a real man, what the society told you a real man should be and what you're learning <laughs> to be you know, the concept of a real man. Who's going to stand? Let, let's let's begin with Mr. Finisher. So now you want the finisher to start. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think um, not think because it's become uh, the norm now. Because when you use the word man. It's uh, synonymous to strength. It's synonymous to being bold, being upfront, being um, being the go-getter. 
because you often see that's why when the female try to do something with confidence or is confrontational, they tend to go, oh, why are you talking? Why are you being a man or something? Or you hear phrases like uh, man up. So it's not really about the gender. It's because it's now synonymous to strength. So when they say man up, you know what they mean is uh, put yourself together. So imagine looking at a lady and you're telling the lady to man up. So it's more like you are telling her being a female is something else. Or uh, you see a man who is connected to his emotions, who maybe even crying. And you hear statements like, why are you acting like a woman? So now when you say man, what we hear, what is expected of the man is um, the man is not expected to cry. You shouldn't cry. As a man, you have to know what to do, when to do, and how to do it. As a man, you uh, shouldn't express pain even when you feel it. To be able to hold pain till it becomes unbearable. As a man, you should always be ready to make provisions for whatever it is that's needed. As a man, you should have, if not all the answers, but almost all the answers. Absolutely. And yeah. And as a man, you're not expected to act or be weak. So, so much expectation. So this now puts a whole lot of work on the man and it's even worse when the man is not being um, raised by a present man, so to speak. Uh, so now he goes out there in the world and he has all these expectations. So it just, it beats about the bush trying to become what they expect him to become, even when he himself doesn't understand what it means to be a man and what is expected. So it's more of what is expected of him than what it really means to be a man. So he's not being the man, he's being that man they expect him to be. So, wow. What a way to put it. <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot of pressure on man. But let me ask, let me ask Stalin Evans, who, who has lived in Europe and in India, in West Africa, perhaps, um, having lived through these different cultures, is it the same experience? Is it the same expectation, the same society expectation for a man? Um, it's an interesting question. I was trying to view it from uh, my perspective uh, in terms of uh, where, I, where I've gone along the road in life. I, I'm older than anybody else on this platform. In fact, I'm probably older than everybody. I, I can remember, I'm so old, I can remember when the Dead Sea was just ill. Um, so I, I think I'd, I'd quote you, first of all, from Corinthians, and St. Paul said, thou must not be all things to all men. So yeah. um, both of my parents were, <clears throat> they never spoke English as a first language. And as you uh, mentioned, I left school at 15. So I had five siblings and we, we were very poor in the UK, which, uh, you know, poorness is relative. But at the age of six, I couldn't go to school because I had no shoes. I was desperately poor. But I was brought up to, uh, to believe that I should help other people. 
just as the country helped me. I mean, it, it gave my parents the ability to give us an education, a doctor, a dentist, and so on. And in fact, the health service in Britain saved my life when I was a child because I had advanced pneumonia. So I've always tried to pay back. So I've tried to behave like a man, but, but in reality, I tried to behave like a fair human being. So um, you, you say, you mentioned and alluded to the fact that I, I worked uh, in Asia and here. So for 14 years, I've worked very hard to help other people via the British Business Group. So my perspective, my view on it, is that I have tried to be a better person as a man. And I'm conscious of the fact as well that I've got three daughters and, and Dr. Amma knows the story. And when I first uh, joined the British Business Group here, it was made up of 18 grey-haired white men all over the age of 70 that wouldn't make it through another British winter, let alone COVID-19. So I set about to change that. And the perspective or the, um, the fact and reality now of the British Business Group here is that it's got an equal gender split. And I would think that maybe 60 to 70% of the members are black British. So um, what I've tried to do there again is behave like a man, like a human being ought to behave in contemporary society, because society is where we are now. So, so that's me, my view on it. Uh, it's a very interesting perspective. I'm told that Tolu Oni has joined us now, and I'd love to also hear from him. Tolu Oni is a finance professional uh, from the Imperial College London, and he currently also sits as young advisor to the UK policy think tank, Chatham House. Uh, Tolu, we're talking about what you consider to be a real man. Um, Firstly, what you were told growing up and what you were finding out now. Yeah. Okay. So I think first and foremost, I don't think anybody particularly tells you um, what it means to be a man. As a young person grow up, growing up, you're more likely to look at what men are and then take that on as what you are told. Um, so you're, you're more likely to sort of absorb what men around you do and then um, shift that in your mind to be the definition of what a man is. Um, I think growing up, and I actually did have an interesting sort of growing up phase. I, I, early part of my years were spent in Nigeria. Then I went over, over to the UK for education, which was a bit of a culture shift. And now I'm back working in Nigeria. So I've had to really sort of experience different perspectives on the matter. Um, I would say that the consolidated view I got of who, who a man was, was somebody who was responsible for providing somebody who, um, if, if there's ever any danger, um, he's the one that stands in front, um, someone who uh, would make the hard decisions. Um, and, and, and I think, I think what, what that almost did to me was um, sort of carve out this this sort of Superman who doesn't get phased by events, um, always has the best answer to things, um, and always has the smartest responses to situations that pop up in life. Um, but you find that, that that really isn't always the case. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm having to learn or unlearn some things and learn new things that um, asking for help, <laughs> um, sharing, sharing challenges with people, um, not having the answer and 
giving people a reason to actually add value to your life, um, being a human being, having true relationships, as opposed to a perspective where you already um, identify where you should fit in a relationship. Um, equal people can bring equal um, amount of value to any form of a relationship. Um, I'm having to learn that. Um, and, and I think, I think we, we would be doing each other a disservice to, to um, sort of state what gender roles should be and then generalize that for every, um, every community or every relationship that people find themselves in. You know, I think that um, people should work to their strengths. Um, I'm, I'm having to look inwards more as opposed to sort of like the external picture that was painted. Um, and it could be painted through cartoons, painted through um, Top Gun, painted through Hollywood or Nollywood or whatever it is that shapes culture. Um, you know, those are the things you hear. And all of these, all of these experiences form what your definition of, of a particular thing or concept is. Um, and again, we're having, I'm having to relearn and really just understand that everybody is unique and, and the way you approach life is unique. Absolutely. So there's a lot of um, gender stereotypes, like you said, that you know constantly put men under a lot of pressure. Um, earlier on, we talked about the concept of man enough being a man. The fact that they say men don't cry and the man of expectation, which is huge, really, and that plays a significant role in what um, in, what inspires and what encourages men to do what they do. It has driven some men to innovate. It has driven some others to crime. Um, it has increased the involvement of, you know, young men in uh, um, cybercrime that we call Yahoo Yahoo in Nigeria. Um, you know, recently there was a lot of craze about money ritual and a lot of young men who just feel that you can't define masculinity without the concept of provision, which is key. Uh, in the African setup, for instance, um, you don't you are not considered to be a father until you have a male child. So you see people have as many female children until they finally get the man. In Yoruba, they call him Aroli. He's expected to carry on, you know, carry on the legacy of the family. Um, and there's a lot of um, you know factors like that. But let us speak to some of the things that we've identified you know, in our journey from being boys to men as key roles that a man must pay attention to in a changing society. So for instance, um, if you're married, you find that, that the gender roles are also quickly changing. Um, gone are the days when the man is solely the provider for the family. The woman also brings something to the table. There are even some men who Will rely mostly on their women to feed them. I don't know how acceptable that is becoming, but what have you identified to be, you know, certain cures? And I'm beginning with you, Finisher. Um, certain, certain unique roles that a man must play in this current day and time. Thank you, Nathan. Um, first and foremost, I would say. Um, a man needs to be to have um, knowledge of life itself, and uh, you, because of the expectations we have, you need to expose yourself to knowing knowledge. So when you are uh, being asked questions or being asked uh, for 
insights in decision making, you should be able to help. And if you are not able, unable to help at that moment, you should, uh, you should be uh, humble enough to say, I don't know, but I can find out. So you expect it to know and seek knowledge consistently. That's one. And secondly, um, you have to live a life that serves as um, an example, example to other, to the boys. Because now we see a boy and we think boy is just living his life. Consciously or subconsciously, the boy has uh, tailored his life uh, based on what he has seen, uh, he has experienced, which is in his environment, on social media, on television, wherever it is he can draw it from. So he sees a particular image as a boy. He wants to become that. And the stronger one has more influence on him. Oh, I think I think the audio is distorted. So uh, uh, oh, let man. me take your turn and then I'll return to you, Finisher. Hopefully that your network gets better. Um, oh, sorry. But I can hardly hear you. Um, but just hold on to that thought. I'll be back with you. Um, hopefully that um, we can hear you clearly. This is the Thinking Reimagine podcast, sponsored by Allied Empowerment. Allied Empowerment Consultancy offers leadership and innovation through bespoke human development solutions, brain-based leadership, and coaching. Allied Empowerment empowers business leaders, teams, and individuals to intentionally accentuate desired outcomes built on trust, curiosity, psychological safety, engagement, and communication. Allied Empowerment thriving in a sustainable and value manner. Stanley Evans, you mentioned a lot about seeing yourself first as a human being. Um, and I think that, that, that that's, um, that's a Western reality that Africans are gradually buying into. The idea of gender equality, that the fact that you're a man doesn't make you necessarily better than the other gender. Uh, perhaps you can talk to us about the importance of um, seeing of that perspective to life and how you see it play out in Africa? Again, that's an interesting question. How do I see it playing out in Africa? Um, I can't comment on the whole of Africa, but, uh, but I'll make an observation uh, for Nigeria. Uh, I was at a, a meeting yesterday and a further one this morning. And at both of those meetings, they mentioned the uh, statistic that 50% of the population of Nigeria is under the age of 25. Um, and that percentage is, will obviously increase because we've got, I think, the third highest birth rate in the world. Um, and uh, the, the future, uh, they also touched on climate change, the future is not looking good for any country. But it's, um, so whilst Africa as a continent only emits 7% of the world's uh, CO2, uh, as the population grows here and in the rest of Africa, it's going to become ever more important. So um, I think that's where role models come in. So I like to act as a role model to um, both men and women as, as a, a citizen on this planet. And I'm, <clears throat> we've, we've only borrowed our time on this planet. Uh, firstly, I'd like to apologise as well, because it's our generation that have created the majority of the CO2. So um, I tried to think back to the role models that have guided me 
uh, and one of them was my mother, bizarrely, because my father was much older. Um, and she said that as you go about your business, learn. And she said, um, always give somebody time to speak to you, irrespective of what they do. So it could be the CEO of a company or the person sweeping the floor. Always give them time and listen to them. And remember that you've got two ears and one mouth. So listen twice as much as you speak. So that's my observation in terms of role modeling, to be, uh, which has made me become the person I have. But here, if I just come back to climate change, because this is something that's going to be so critically important for men growing up and for women growing up, because the world is in a mess, let's be fair, that the role models that are here, the, the big oggers, the men and women that have been successful here, should also, also be mindful of climate change. And one of the things here I, I, cannot, I cannot understand is the Mercedes G-Wagon that's driven. There's a vehicle that's so polluting, they can't make it in Germany. It's built in India. Yeah, um, They can't make any component in Germany because they trace pollution at source. And that's uh, 11 times more polluting than a Range Rover hybrid. A Range Rover hybrid would admit, no, sorry, 14 times more polluting. That will admit 27 grams of CO2, and the G-Wagon admits 486. So in terms of transitioning into a cleaner future, as I say, it's only 7% that the African content, the continent emits. But the role models have got to demonstrate that they're aware of climate change as well, because the, the young Nigerians that are coming through are very aware of it. They're very aware of the challenge, and I've seen that. So they're my observations on it. Uh, I like the way you have wired the environment into this conversation. Do you, do you however, see men playing playing more significant role in this than women? No, no, it's got to be equal. And um, as society and life moves on, I mean, I heard uh, a story from somebody at the meeting yesterday where she works for a, uh, a government organisation, a very large government organisation, and uh, her colleague was, was, was crying. Her colleague was crying. There we are. There's a, there's a man showing his uh, gentler self because he'd applied for a job and he was automatically sidelined because he was not a female, because they have to have they have to have a, a gender balance, a 50-50 gender balance, and um, so the role had to be fulfilled by a female. Interesting. So, Lou, do you think that the male gender is being threatened in in a way with what appears to be the evolution, you know, of our awareness amongst the female folk? Uh, because, um, for instance, there hasn't been what appears to be a commensurate movement, uh, you know, compared to how we've seen people talk about inclusion for the female gender. Do you think that in the coming years, um, the advocacy will tilt more to men because they might be a little bit more disadvantaged. You know, right now we're talking about inclusion for women. We're talking about um, you know getting more women at the top in the place of leadership. But are you concerned that the way it's going with little or nothing being mentioned about the boy child or the need to, you know, develop the right thinking amongst young men? Do you sense a change in balance in the coming yeah. years? Um, I think you've posed a very interesting question. I, I, I think it's worth looking back a bit. It's worth looking a bit backwards into 
where we came from um, as the human race um, started out with men having to go to war, men having to kill animals and bring home because as men, we're stronger physically, well, on the average. Um, and, and then obviously you get men having to go to factories and we're here, we're, where we are today um, because of the long line of history. Um, and it's understandable that we've gotten to a point in our civilization where a lot of the value that is added at home or values that is added um, in the office, in career is more based on what you know than your physical capacity. Um, so it, it only makes sense that um, there's equality. It only makes sense that um, what a man can do on a desk, on a finance desk like I'm on, um, a lady can do the same. A lady can do the same. Um, so, so, it's, so, so I can see why it's important that we're having this conversation. I can see why it's important that um, we get more women into places of, um, um, of power, places to make decisions. You know, if for an example, a government, if you have a government board or Senate board that's filled with 99% men, um, nobody can really bring a design thinking approach from a woman's perspective if she's not, if you don't have a woman on the board. Because um, your reality, I have to now start to imagine, I don't live it. So it makes sense to have women in these places. It makes sense to have women making decisions. It does. Now, um, the conversation we're having is not feminism. Well, conversation, well, again, feminism is taking sort of like a very interesting turn, um, with very many different um, definitions. So I, it's easier to say, it's easier to say inclusion, right? And inclusion right now may mean getting women into more positions of power, but over the long term, it has to mean getting people, getting people, humans into um, positions where they're more empowered and not sidelining anybody for their race or for their gender or for whatever um, sexual orientation or for whatever it is that, um, that, that, that we as humans come up as reasons to, to, to differentiate ourselves. That'll be my own response to that. Thank you. Interesting. Felicia, I'm hoping that your network is better now. I'd like us to take this conversation to um, the man's relationship with the woman, which is where it gets a bit more interesting because um, there's a lot of redefining taking place now, particularly in romantic relationships. So many years ago in Africa, the man is considered the head of the home, including the woman. A lot of that is changing now with um, what we now know as gender equality. Uh, there's a lot of single parenting, which is alien to um, the African culture. But how is knowledge evolving for you in this regard? And what do you consider to be the truth? Well, basically for me, it's, uh, it's more of understanding because if you're relating with someone and you don't understand who you're relating with, that's where uh, conflicts rises from. So it helps to, it's helping me personally to understand the person I'm relating with. It helps to know, because when you understand who you're relating with, you know how to relate with them. So, which is um, quite interesting. Uh, and it, there's, there's a lot of relearning because you've been told this is how you treat the female. This is how you relate with them. This is how you, talk to them but when you understand how the other person wants to be treated or how the other person 
sees uh, life or whatever it is you guys conversation you are having, then you are talking from the person's point of view. You're communicating to be understood and for the other person to understand what you're communicating, not imposing your own way or asking or, uh, you know, it's more like you approach a lady and you tell her, uh, I want you in my world. So what happens to her world? Does she just <laughs> abandon her <laughs> and come into your world? So I believe in you approaching us saying, uh, can our words come together to build another world that we can enjoy with our children? with or without so it shouldn't be i want you in my world and just just yours so uh, recognize acknowledge and respect the other person's world while not uh, throwing yours away so but you bring both together to create uh, a whole new one so that's it for me so uh, but for you to on to relate better you need to understand who you're relating with and um, come from the point of view of uh, uh, giving and receiving. So not just you pouring and expecting this to just open up and swallow. Hook, line, I get and your point. Yeah. Is there a sense to which these changing dynamics take some pressure from the man? Because, you know, the man prior to this time is expected to take the leadership role and be the sole provider. So if we're talking about co-leadership, and two worlds, like you have put it, it would mean that if I'm yeah. taking a lady out on a date, we can possibly, you know, share the bill. And then she yeah. can also bring as much equal financial contribution to the relationship. Do you think it is like, it makes life easier for the man? Well, deep down within the man's mind, uh... He says, yeah, it makes it easier, but because of societal expectations, he wouldn't do it because he goes out and uh, like you suggested, wanting to share the bill on a date and he goes, nah, I'll handle that. But even when the lady is saying, don't worry, we can do this, that he still wants to put up that persona because this is what is expected of him. He doesn't, he won't have the lady pick him up even if the lady offers to rather spend the money to hire a ride if he doesn't have one to pick her up because it's expected of him being a gentleman to do this and that. But deep down the inside of him, he might just feel, okay, if we share, if you have a part in this, uh, if we are co-captain in this ship, uh, it would, uh, <laughs> you will be able to, you, to, to um, I would have, some sort of relief from certain things but yeah but when you do it and you don't want you're caring about oh what would people say if i'm seeing doing this or if i'm seeing uh, accepting this done from her so wow. the societal pressure is there so you don't even know whether to just let it go or just still be the man like they say I, I suppose on a, a small part of that statement i'd be very happy if um, the bill was split in a restaurant um <laughs> <laughs> no look you know look guys the, the world is changing i mean it's very refreshing that we're having this discussion um but the the fact and reality is we're living in a different world and um it's got to be a sharing of responsibility um to come back to my childhood uh the the dominant leader in our family was my mother 
Absolutely. Um, so I guess I'm I'm used to that. Uh, you know, it was matriarchal as opposed to patriarchal. Um, so I've never seen life in, in any other format. Um, and uh, when I was uh, running the last company I ran, ran in the UK, my immediate boss uh, was female, you know, and I was I was operations director for a large company uh, and she was CEO. So it's it's the way the world is now and it's the way the world must be. It's the way the world must be, shared responsibilities. Interesting. Not many of us grew up in that Mitraka structure, so we have a lot of unlearning and relearning to do to properly adjust and fit into this current world. We have to wrap up now, but I'd like you to share with me some of the biggest lessons you've learned for a man out there listening. For me, it's about taking care of myself. I grew up thinking that to man up and to be a real man means meeting every other person's needs apart from myself. But I got to a point to a breaking point where I found out that if I don't get my welfare intact, I might not be able to be, you know, that kind of provider. I might not even be alive to be able to be a man. Um, Tolu, talk to me about some of the biggest lessons you've learned. No, I, 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 certainly, I certainly think that, um, that I, I'm with you. I echo what you say on that. Um, that as a, I mean, as a young man, um, life is definitely very different from what it was in my father's time and now with me and my partner like we're very much about sharing responsibilities and sharing resources um understanding also that i uh, i have to be able to share emotions as well um because as a man as an african man sometimes african men are just stoic um focused on being the provider and moving on um, so share responsibilities, share emotions, and really share a life um, and get to experience um, being in relationships and as opposed to just playing a role. Um, and like you said, it definitely takes it easier said than done. Um, but having these sort of conversations and, and working hard at it to make it um, a, a lot more possible to achieve. Fantastic. Finisher, what's your thoughts on these? Uh, I'm just going to say, um, no matter how much of a man you choose to be or you want to be uh, try as much as possible to be human while at it because being human means you see other people the way you see yourself so it's not about control it's not about uh, you impressing anyone it's really about you being human so whoever has it has it acknowledge and respect that and if you whatever it is you want, go for it and respect other people while at it. So it's just basically, while being a man, remember to be human at the same time. So. Stanley is the oldest in this panel and he's perhaps yeah. in the world more than all of us. So take out your pen to receive wisdom. Stanley, what are the biggest lessons you've learned? <laughs> I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you two of them that were imparted to me many, many years ago. Um, so when I first got a senior management position, a great guide and mentor, John Green, said to me, you're going to have to make decisions. He said, and he said, sometimes you hesitate. He said, so what, what you need to do is take all the information you can, ask advice, uh, put everything down, evaluate the information, then make a decision. It may not be the right decision, but make a decision based upon the best information you put together and based upon your own precept and example of experience. So make a decision. He then added to that, 
that 10% of the decisions you make will probably not be the best decision. However, the volition and push of the other 90% will take the business forward. That's the first bit of advice. Make a decision, but make sure as much as you can that it's the right decision. The second piece of advice I'd give to any leader, male or female, is when you have a crisis, when you have a so-called crisis, when you think the world is falling apart in your environment, in your business, whatever, yeah? Ask yourself this question. Five years from now, will this matter in my life? Five years from now, will it matter in my life? Because what matters in our life is our family. Our children, our loved ones, our parents, our family is what matters. And five years from now, you'll have your family, yeah? So evaluate any crisis and say to yourself, five years from now, will this matter? Hmm. And that puts things into perspective. Wow. I told you guys, right? Thank you for sharing, Stanley. <laughs> Thank you. So it's been a sober conversation. Men really don't talk except they're hanging out over you know, a bottle of wine or they are just shocking. It's very difficult to talk about the challenges with men. So I, uh, I really appreciate you guys for coming out to have this conversation with me. Uh, Toluni, finance professional, thank you so much for sharing. Stanley Evans is a member of the Order of the British Empire, MBE. Maybe the next time you come on the show, you tell me how to, how to be a member myself. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much for sharing and it's also good. thank you very much yeah okay glad to have you thank you so much for sharing all right so we have the finisher joining us for the first time in this conversation we look forward to um hearing more from you and having you feature in subsequent episodes ben the finisher is a nigerian performing and creative artist thank you so much for joining this podcast I am Nifemi Ogunthoye. See you some other time. Bye for now. This has been a Thinking Reimagined podcast. The executive producer is Dr. Amma. Co-producer Peter Amon Boyle. And it is moderated by Nifemi Ogunthoye. The podcast is edited by Nelkan and supervised by Dun Sokwa. Thinking Reimagined emphasizes the importance of transformational conversations which have as their aim the bringing about of the rich diversity of thoughts and most importantly, powerful and applicable effective solutions and change. The views, opinions and contributions of the panelists are exclusively theirs and do not reflect the opinions of Thinking Reimagined producers or personnel. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening and we, we hope you have enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. episode. We invite you to subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play and other outlets. We look forward to presenting another riveting episode next week. Thinking Reimagined podcast is produced by Live Abundantly. We welcome your thoughts and invite you to visit our website livesabundantly.com or you can follow us on social media on live abundantly 8 thinking, thinking reimagined changing, changing the, mindset the mindset for a better global, global society, society.